Hello, everyone. Welcome to Beyond Sunday at Bethlehem, a podcast created to go beyond the Sunday service experience at Bethlehem Church, exploring some of the deeper questions of our faith, offering additional content from behind the scenes from the cutting room floor. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Angela Buckland, and as always, I'm beyond excited to host today's episode. Welcome to part two of the Enneagram and our relationships. We are back with Pastor Matt Pyland. Welcome back, Pastor Matt. It's great to be back. We had so much fun talking about the Enneagram and our relationships last time that we we just couldn't fit it all in, and so we wanted to come back and go uh, go a little bit further with with some of our questions. And hopefully, our listeners were able to take the assessment. We had mm-hmm. a link that we provided so that they could take that assessment and figure out what type they are, what number they are, and uh, do a little exploring for themselves. And so, there's a lot more to cover. We talked about the numbers, the different types in our last episode. So let's talk about the wings and the triad and give us a little bit of a kind of a more in-depth uh, discussion into some of those things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so here's what I would say, too. For those of you who have gone online, you've taken the assessment, maybe it came back. Uh, there's a few different numbers and you're trying to figure out exactly who you are. Uh, let me just say this. It takes a while. Uh, so you need to do your homework on this. Uh, what I always say is the most accurate way to determine what number you are is ac- actually to self-diagnose yourself. So if you picked up the book or maybe you've done some reading and uh, evaluating the different numbers, maybe based on the last podcast we did, you're, you're kind of starting to get an idea for who you are. Uh, that's normal. At some point, you're going to figure out out and hone in on exactly uh, the type of personality, how you see the world, uh, the underlying motivation in which you uh, make decisions and you react to situations. Uh, So there's so much to the Enneagram, and we talked about this. We we said it's actually... uh, It's it's dynamic, not static. Uh, You and I talked about even offline about that. In the sense of that, what we mean is that uh, the numbers move. And so there are things called wings. And so if you're listening to this, you're going to think, you know, what in the world is a, is, is a wing? What does that have to do? So let's just, let's just assume that for those of you listening, you know, what number you are, mm-hmm. uh, you've, I am a nine. We talked about that last week, Angela, right. you're a four. Yep. So I'm a nine. So a wing would be a number on either side of that nine. So that would either be I'm either a wing eight or maybe a wing one. Now, to go back to what we talked about, the eights are the challengers. Yep. The eights are the uh, challengers. Again, some of my favorite people. Ones are perfectionists. Mm. And so what it means is I have a dominant number, which for me is, is a nine, the peacemaker. But I also tend to have a wing. Now, there are some people who are are very balanced and they don't tend to have a wing uh, either way, yeah. but generally speaking, most of us kind of lean towards uh, one or the other numbers on each side of our our primary numbers. So for me, I actually lean towards the eight. Okay. So now that's got to be a little interesting. It is. So you're and the peacemaker, and you lean into the challenge and a challenger. So <laughs> if you ask our staff, they would say that makes total sense uh, because I'm I tend to be very peaceful. Mm-hmm. I tend to be that mediator. Uh, but when I get angry or when then something, and we'll talk about this in a second because right. it's part of the underlying motivation of a nine. Mm-hmm. When I get angry or something uh, pops up that, that needs a response of justice, mm-hmm. 
I jump on real fast. Okay. And I elevate my personality. Uh, the rage inside of me, the anger inside of me begins to elevate very quickly. Gotcha. And so people see that. So to give you an example, uh, I handled a situation probably not the right way mm-hmm. uh, early on and got a little of my... I, I got a little eight-ish, if you would. Uh, and it went viral among the staff. Uh-oh. Like everybody knew what in the world happened. Because for me, when I get angry, it's such a dichotomy from where I usually am mm. that it it tends to throw people off. Right. In fact, I even got a call from another church that I served on staff saying, I heard you went off on somebody. And I'm like, great. Everybody knows about it now because I had one conflict with somebody where if somebody's an eight, they have conflict with people all the time right. and nobody thinks anything. But of when it. you do it, it leaves an impression. Absolutely. Now there are some people who are nines with one wing. So, so they have a, they're, they're peacemakers, but they have a little bit of that perfectionist uh, nature that that doesn't tend to be who I am mm-hmm. but uh, so I'll ask you you're a four yes yeah I'm a wing five so and the five is so the four is the creative individualist romantic whatever you want to call it the five is the investigator mm-hmm. so yes I am a four wing five and the investigator you're married to an investigator yeah, right number I five am. so you should you probably I know, know all about it <laughs> So that's an interesting, you know, I could either go to the three, which is the achiever. Uh, I have a little bit of that, but not so much. But then the the investigator is the more dominant wing. Right, right. So let's let's have some fun here. Okay. Pastor Jason. Yes. He's a three. No way. So a three are the performers. The three are... The achiever. The achiever. I mean, they're the ones who uh, love to win. Uh, needs to be seen as successful for the most part. Uh, they they uh, uh, they they're a performer who holds all things together. They like that. Um, they like to play that part. They're again they're very goal oriented uh, by nature. Mm-hmm. So J- Pastor Jason, he's a three. Mm-hmm. Now, I would argue it's very difficult to actually find a wing for him. Yeah. I mean, he's such a strong three. Yeah. But if he if he does have a leaning, it's probably towards a two. It's towards that helper okay. that he, I mean, obviously as a pastor, he enjoys helping people and stuff. So he's got a little bit of that, but he's pretty balanced mm-hmm. as a three. I mean, he's one of the stronger threes that I know. Right. Uh, and he would even tell you that himself. So okay. there are some people who tend to, you know, uh, live right in their number mm-hmm. for the most part. Uh, but the wings are very important because we we tend to move on either side of our number. And let right. me just say this because, you know, a lot of people don't like to be labeled. Yes. Right? Yes. My so, husband is one of them. He's a challenger and he hates labels. That's so. why, because yeah. he's an eight. Eights, <laughs> eights typically are the people going, I don't want to be labeled. I don't want to, I don't want to be known as a number. Right. That probably means you're an eight. Okay. Uh, or maybe you're a four and you just like to be yes. different. But so what's funny though, is that I am a four. I'm an individualist, but I, I love personality tests. I always find a lot, you know, find out a lot about myself and others through them. So I don't know. But you got a little bit of that five wing. That's true. Right? Yeah. So you got a little bit of that five wing, the investigator. and uh, So anyways, I mean, I think the wings are very valuable as we think through that. Again, Mm -hmm. we can't cover all this, but as you dive into this and you begin to uh, do your own investigation around uh, the Enneagram, you know, one of the things that I found is, you know, here's the way I've said it. I've heard it say before, like when you're a nine, eight wing, uh, it's, I know when, when a situation is arising where I'm about to say something as an eight, that's going to take my nine 
uh, part of my personality a long time to overcome. Gotcha. Like that, that's kind of the way I live. It's very, there's some conflict. yeah, there's some conflict within <laughs> me because I am a peacemaker, but I do have that drive in me mm-hmm. as an eight. And that's yeah. probably why I like eights. I like being around eights and you get um, I get them. Yeah. I get them for sure. So the wing is very, very important. It is. I mean, as you talk about the, the Enneagram uh, in knowing, it, it helps explain your personality. Right. It really does because it can totally take your number and, I mean, it, it can really change the dynamic of, yes. of that number. Yes. And, and let me say this real quick about wings. Some people, maybe you take the test and I've heard it said before, I'm a I'm a nine wing three. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that that's not yeah, possible. Right. You're actually... Your wing is on either side of your dominant number. That's a good point. So you need to determine, are you a nine or you're a three? Now, if we'll talk about when we operate under stress, because yes. that's the beauty of the Enneagram, yeah. as opposed to other personality types, uh, that it tends to uh, explain us when we're under stress mm-hmm. and explain us when we're under growth seasons. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So uh, let, let's let's look at it again. Easiest thing for me to do is talk about this from my own personal sure. numbers. Uh, so I'm a nine. So when I am in a growth season, mm-hmm. I move to a healthy three. Mm. So the healthy three, and it's probably why I enjoy communicating. It's probably the reason why I enjoy being on a stage. Not all nines do. Right. Uh, but when I move to that, that healthy part of my, my personality, mm-hmm. my wiring, and I move to a three, I can achieve a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, nines, generally speaking, can be those people who tend to be your lazier individuals. Mm-hmm. And by lazy, I don't mean necessarily in work ethic. I mean, emotionally lazy, right? Because they don't like conflict. They don't, uh, they, they want to assume that everything is okay. They don't mm-hmm. have to deal with it. Uh, nines don't tend to cry. Um, uh, my wife asked me all the time, she's like, are you ever going to cry? Um, and it's like, I feel it deeply. Just tears aren't coming out of my tear ducts. I don't know how to explain it. So that, that in and of itself is, you know, sometimes it's not, no, it's not all nines, but it's some, it's some, uh, nines. And so, but, uh, you know, when you, when you look at a nine and you look at a nine under stress, Mm -hmm. okay. And stress, when we hear stress, you can tend to think that stress is bad, uh, but it's not always bad. Okay. So it's not always bad. Uh, for example, if you're out running and, you see a dog and mm-hmm. that dog starts running towards you mm-hmm. and you, you're just out on a run, um, then you're going to try to get away from that dog. Like there's going to be a stress component that, that kicks in and that thing comes after you. You're, you're going to climb a tree. Right. Well, what led you to climb that tree, that stress mm-hmm. is a good thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So stress isn't always bad. Now it, it can be. Right. So my number under stress moves to uh, a six. Right. Worrier. Okay. The negative part of a six. Okay. Now we're going to get into the triads in a second because these each of these numbers mm-hmm. kind of lives in a certain triad. Okay. Um, that'll help explain us a little deeper. Right. But I move from really being an instinctive person as a nine, mm-hmm. uh, so instinctive, really kind of that gut, you know, instinctive mm-hmm. person to a worrier, which mm-hmm. tends to be more fear based, right. more feeling based. Right. So. Again, under stress, I can move to that, and all of a sudden, it's almost like Chicken Little, the world is falling apart, and, Mm -hmm. you know, we're all going to die. Right. So every number moves to a different number in their growth. Correct. And in their uh, stress. Correct. Okay. Correct. So I think we should talk about 
the triads right here because mm-hmm. it'll help explain as we continue on this conversation. Yeah. So there are three basic triads, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, if, you, if you're if you listening to this and you're not driving, you could Google and you can actually pull up an image of this and you can look at it, the Enneagram triad. So let, let's work from the top, okay? okay. If you think of, you think of the... Um, of it as a why the top numbers which are your eight nines and ones they live at the top of the enneagram the top of the circle okay so uh the nine being the top obviously uh the instinctive center Mm -hmm. is what this is triad is called okay in other words eights nines and ones live in the gut triad okay okay they're very instinctive uh the underlying motivation is anger Mm. Not necessarily rage, okay, mm-hmm. but anger. So there, there is a, uh, could be rage. Uh, you've seen some people probably, especially eights, again, could be rage, yeah. but a lot of times it's it, the underlying uh, motivation is anger. Okay. And so there's, there's this, what I call a low-grade anger that lives in all of us, mm-hmm. uh, eights, nines, and ones. Right. And we could talk about that because, uh, you know, I, I think it's important as, as you look at that. So if you think about... An eight, okay? So mm-hmm. let's just take a, an eight because it's easy to explain eight. So you take an eight, gut triad, dominant emotion is anger, uh, very intuitive leaders, instinctive leaders. Um, you know, an eight externalizes anger, mm-hmm. okay? So mm-hmm. an eight, the way they deal with anger is it, it can be more external, right. okay? Be more explosive, right? Everybody right. hears it, sees it, voice gets louder, mm-hmm. more dominant. Nine has an equal amount of anger, but they manage the anger hmm. because they're peacemakers. Ah. So it's not that I don't feel anger because I very much do, but I manage it. Right. I control it. I right. try to control it. Now, you try to control it too long without having a place for that anger to come out, and then all of a sudden it explodes. Mm. I move more to my eight side, and everybody's like, a volcano just went off. Right. The ones, which are your... Um, Perfectionist. Perfectionist. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you. The, the ones, they internalize the anger. Yes. So the ones have to feel like, um, you know, everything is good. Mm-hmm. They have to feel like mm-hmm. they've done a good job. Right. They don't like to be criticized. Mm-hmm. In fact, I say this about ones. Um, uh, ones live in a world where uh, everything has to be good enough. Yeah. They have to be good enough. Mm-hmm. And they really, uh, we'll get into this, but th- they expect other people to be good enough. Mm-hmm. And when they're when they're not, they get angry. Right. Uh, when they're criticized, they get angry. So if you're listening to this and you're perfectionist and you're one, if someone walks into your home and they make a statement about how it's decorated or the job you did cleaning it or the meal you made as a one, mm-hmm. you're going to get very defensive very quickly. Hmm. You know, because you're a perfectionist. Right, right. So now that's eights, nines, and ones. Gut, triad, anger. Now the next numbers, two, threes, and fours, they're in the heart triad. Okay. So this is very much the feeling center. Yeah. So if you're a, a, a two, a three, a four, you are a feeler. That's me. Right? That's where I live. That's where you live. So it's very heart, soul. Yep. I mean, you you feel things very deeply. Emotions are those things that that can be the engine of your life if you mm-hmm. allow them to be. Right. Right. They can drive your life, Definitely. and that that can be a danger, uh, for sure. Sure. Uh, but those twos, threes, and fours—that's kind of where where they live. And then finally, five, sixes, and sevens. Those are the thinking center. They're mm-hmm. the head triad. Mm-hmm. So your fives again. 
You know, yes. fives being your investigator, your right. loyalist, uh, your seven. They're, they're very much in their head, but they're they're very much fear based. Hmm. Okay, so fear is the dominant emotion for them. And I didn't say this before, but for twos, threes, and fours, that heart mm-hmm. shame. Oh, okay. Shame is actually the uh, underlying you know motivator. And so, and you think about shame, it's different than guilt, right? Right. So guilt says, uh, guilt says I messed up, right? Mm -hmm. Guilt says, um, you know, I'm bad. I'm bad. No, no. Well, that's shame. Yeah, that would be shame. So guilt says I did something bad. Right. Shame Shame. would say I am bad. That's right. That'd be the best way for us to say that. Okay. Right. So. You know, that in and of itself, that that underlying shame kind of dominates that. Right. Um, So here's what that means. Uh, That means you feel like I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let let me let me play that out real quick. Okay. So twos. Therefore, I'm not good enough. Therefore, I must fix fix it by being helpful. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm Because they're helpers. Right. So I'm not good enough. So the way I feel better about myself is I help someone else. Mm hmm threes, I'm not good enough, so I need to be successful. Right. Fours, I'm not good enough, so I need I need to be special or different. That's right. Right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not going to wear that because everybody else is wearing it. Right. I've got to be unique. <laughs> I've got to be different mm-hmm. than everybody else. Mm-hmm. So we backtracked a little bit there, but, I mean, those twos and threes and fours are very much the, the heart triad. Mm-hmm. Again, five, six, and sevens are the head Mm -hmm. uh, triad or, you know, fear base is the motivation. And then eights, nines, and ones are that gut instinctive, Okay, you know, triad. That's that's really good. And so I I like how we're talking about all these different numbers. And I want to talk about, so the different combinations when it comes to relationships. Um, I love that one of the things I love about the Enneagram and why it is different than other personality tests is that it doesn't prescribe a list of, well, this number and this number should get married, or this number and that number are better, you know, together. In other words, you don't ever really marry the wrong person, but you can work with whatever number you have married, you know, that you're right. together with. Right. And so talk a little bit about how the Enneagram helps our marriages understand our spouses better and knowing ourselves better as well. Yeah, it's a great question. So if you think about this, if you're if you're a spouse, um, you and your spouse are actually doing this together, which mm-hmm. I highly recommend. Yes. Okay. Um, if you're doing this together and you're figuring out, okay, uh, you're starting to get nervous because you're realizing you're both eights. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that's important to know, right? right? If if you have two eight personalities and wirings who get married, mm-hmm. you just need to know there's going to be some knockout drag some out fireworks. There's going to be yeah. some fireworks. <laughs> there's going to be some explosions. Right. You know, and, you know, there's going to be some real highs and some real low. I mean, it's just that that's just the way eights are. It doesn't mean you can't have a healthy relationship. Right. You need to think about this as all of these numbers. No one number is better than the other. That's right. It's just unique and different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So obviously, when you put two people who are wired similarly, you know, similar in a a home together. Right. Right. um, 
there are going to be some challenges, mm -hmm. okay? So you just need to know that. So you need to know, like, you need to build in. If you're both eights, then you probably uh, need to put some very uh, strong barriers in place. Right. Uh, I would say you need to put some fight rules in place. <laughs> like, you determine, hey, well, we're going to have some fights, but here's how we're going to fight. Right. And you put some rules together just to make it fair. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, now I don't mean physically. Uh, right. But obviously, uh, those would be important things. Um and again, if you're, uh, you know, if you're a, a one and mm -hmm. a perfectionist mm -hmm. um, and you 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 live with a seven. Mm -hmm. OK, so let's say your husband is a seven mm -hmm. life of the party, lots of fun, right. has a good time, you know, tends to be not quite as neat, mm -hmm. maybe because they're just here for a good time. Right. 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 Your wife is a one mm -hmm. and things have to be very orderly. They have to be very um, put together. Mm -hmm. then those ones and the sevens have to learn to work together. Right. So right. the seven has to learn my wife is a one. Mm -hmm. There's some things that I need to embrace and I need to do that help my wife. Right. And okay? that's a good point because I think that we sometimes want to try to change our spouses to be like more right. like who we are. And this is really great because it helps you appreciate the way they're wired and helps you understand, oh, this is why you do what you are. Right. This is why you are the way that you are. And it helps you, uh, to me, when I started learning about this, I started really understanding how I was wired, my husband was wired, and it gave us a better appreciation for each other and uh, instead of trying to change each other. Exactly, exactly. You want to be, you want to communicate the same language. Right. And you're different people. Right. Like we shouldn't be surprised that when we got married and we, you know, two selfish people get mm -hmm. married and they move into a house together and they live together, that there are not going to be some difficulties. Yes. Like, yeah. the, I mean, we shouldn't be surprised and shocked by that. So right. therefore we have to work on it. Mm -hmm. Part of our responsibility is getting to know our spouse so that we can serve our spouse. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. that's what Jesus that's modeled. Great. When you, when you look at what Jesus modeled, he laid aside his rights mm -hmm. for the, for, to serve us. Yeah. You know, and, you know, there can be no relationship. I always say this, Angela, there can be no relationships where someone demands their own rights. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if in my relationship with Lindsay, if I'm always demanding my rights, mm -hmm. there cannot be a relationship between the two of us. Right. Right. It's a one way street. It's a one way street. Mm -hmm. So I have to learn to lay aside my rights to serve her needs. She has to lay aside her rights to mm -hmm. serve my needs. That's the biblical view of marriage. And that's what represents exactly what Jesus did on our behalf. Mm. So again, knowing each other, is, it's knowing yourself, it's knowing each other so that you can respond accordingly in a biblical manner in your marriage. Mm -hmm. That's That to me is what's helpful for the Enneagram. And the, that's, I, I think that's how it's different than other personality sure, tests. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, I mean, there are other personality types that are, you know, are helpful as well. Myers-Briggs. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's there's a lot of other right. strength finders. DISC. DISC yeah. profile. And I've, I've used them all. Mm -hmm. uh, the Enneagram is very unique. It's very explainable. Mm -hmm. uh, but it also, again, going back to it's very dynamic. Right. And we tend to, the, the longer I do this, I tend to meet people and I go, oh, they're an eight. Mm -hmm. Or they're a one, mm -hmm. or they're a five, and the way I speak to them is different. Right. So let me give you a really example. We've got eights on our staff, okay, and we have uh, fours, uh, obviously, mm -hmm. and sevens, and different numbers. Mm -hmm. So when I have a meeting with a certain person, if I know they're an eight, yeah, I speak very directly to them. Right. I don't beat around the bush. Right. I don't try to sugarcoat it because eights don't want me to. That's right. They're they're, they're thinking, why are you? Why are we having all this long? 
right. you know, get to dialogue, the point. <laughs> get to the point. So when it comes to an eight, I mm-hmm. get to the point. Right. Okay. If because, I speak that way. Yeah. I was going to say, because challengers, not only do they like a challenge, they like being challenged. Correct. They like to challenge others as well as being yes. challenged themselves. Yeah. They want to be challenged. They want to be pushed a little bit. They want right. to know you have a little, little bit of grit. Right. If you don't, then they're not going to respect you. Right. So again, when it's a perfectionist and it's a one, mm-hmm. I'm very careful that I, I it doesn't feel like I'm attacking them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, right? Uh, so you you speak differently. I'll give you a fun a funny example. So when we were learning the enneagram, my wife was going um, reading the book, and we were on a trip back from Arkansas, and uh, we're in the car. I mean, obviously, being in the car with four kids for you know, 10 hours is a challenge in of itself and stress levels are high. And I think we were just rounded Birmingham coming back, um, pushing into Atlanta. And I mean, obviously we're over it. We're over the traffic. We're over the kids. We're over everything. Okay. Mm -hmm. And she is speaking to me and I hear her yelling at me. Mm -hmm. Now I'm driving and I stop and I'm like, why are you yelling at me? Mm -hmm. And she just said, I'm not yelling. I'm talking to you. But I heard her yelling at me. She was just talking and conversing. Right. So she was in the middle of reading about a nine. Mm -hmm. And it literally the next paragraph said a nine often can feel like you are yelling at them when you are only speaking to them. (laughs) True story. That's that was good timing. So it was incredibly helpful. So I know that the way my wife speaks to me, I'm like, okay, you know, she is not yelling at me. Right. She's speaking to me. Another way it's helpful too is when you let's just take an eight for as as an example. Sure. So eights are often oftentimes eights uh, because of a because of something that happened in their childhood. Right, a wound or a, a wound. Yeah. Right. So uh, maybe they had a, a dramatic childhood experience. Something happened that made them feel like they had to step up. Mm, mm-hmm. That made them feel as a kid that they had to step up right. and they had to take charge, whatever that is. I mean, typically speaking of an eight, that is true. Right. When I know that, it's disarming when somebody's coming at me in a strong way. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's it's disarming for me to go, okay, like this person is speaking this way because right. this is who, because of some event that they had. Right. Like it it doesn't excuse them, but it explains them. It helps you understand. It helps me, mm-hmm. like, take a deep breath and go, okay, hey. This is not about you. This isn't about me. Right. This isn't about me. That's right. This is about a situation. It's not personal. Mm-hmm. And they are this way because of an environment they grew up in. Yeah. Yeah. That's you great. Know? That is really um, good. So uh, that's just one example. Obviously, there's so many different yeah. examples we could give and we I have hardly one, have time. One little quick story. When I was first discovering this, uh, the Enneagram and learning about myself, I knew what number what I was. And I'm reading the book by Ian Morgan Crone, uh, The Road Back to You. And I'm reading the chapter on eights. And I, right away, I'm reading it and I'm thinking, this is my husband. I'm married to an eight. So I, of course, I didn't tell him this. I don't want to put that number on him, but I was like, you know, you really need to take this test. You really need to figure this out. I think this is really beneficial. And of course, because he's an eight, he did not want to do it. And he was challenging that. So as he's taking the test, I could hear him in the other room and he's arguing with every question (laughs) and challenging every, this is dumb. This is, why am I doing this? This And he's just challenging and I'm hearing him do this. And I'm like, okay, he's, he's got to be an eight. And then he finishes the test and he gets done and he says, 
it says I'm an eight. I was like, yeah, no kidding. So, shocker. Yeah, big shocker there. So you usually know, I think spouses, you know, tend to know, um, you know, what your other, what your spouse may be. Right. As you start discovering this, as you start studying this, it's really eye-opening yeah, and helpful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let me say this. Let's have some fun. We just got a, just a couple minutes here. Sure. But um, what if we take some biblical characters? Okay. Okay. And we try to determine what number, because I've done a lot of thought process on right. this. I think Jesus was a four. No, I'm well, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> kidding. We'll get to Jesus in right, a second. Right. Okay? I know. I so know. let's <laughs> take Paul. Obviously, Paul uh, wrote much of the New Testament, the, you know, many of the books, more books than anybody else. Uh, Luke actually wrote more of the New Testament than Paul. Wow. Even though it was two books. All right, just a little biblical hmm. knowledge there for you. But, I mean, the, most of the New Testament, books-wise, was written by Paul, okay? So we know that. So, But Paul was, for sure, when I read that, he's, he is absolutely, when I read the, the New Testament, read his letters, he was an eight. Hmm. Okay. He was a challenger, right? Okay. I mean, you see this. I mean, yeah. he, pushed, he, pushed, he pushed the church. He pushed people. Right. Uh, sometimes his, uh, the conversations or conflicts between him and Peter. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. you remember in Acts 2, uh, John Mark, when he kicked him off, he didn't want him to have any part of, of the missionary journey because he right. was like, he didn't respond the way he, he wanted him to respond. Mm-hmm. You know, there's Mars Hill. There's, I mean, there's so many ways you see Paul step up yeah. that he was absolutely, in my opinion, he was, he was an eight. Okay. Now, Peter... Yeah. Peter, in my opinion, was a three. Okay. Okay. So he launched the church. Mm-hmm. He was the first one to step up. He was, he's probably the most well-known of the disciples when we think about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was the guy that spoke first and right. seemed like he was the spotlight guy. Right. Like needed the spotlight. Uh, he tended, you know, there were some emotions that ran, you know, in his, you know, in his ran soul. High, right? Yeah, ran high. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sh- he strikes me as a three. Okay. John the Baptist. Hmm. I would argue he's a two. He's okay. a helper. Interesting. Right? Because yeah. he 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 went before Jesus, mm-hmm. right? And so that was his that was yeah. what he was called to do. He was all about he was always pushing um uh spotlight on other people, not mm-hmm. himself. Mm-hmm. Even though he you know when Jesus came on the scene, even though he had a crowd, right, he pushed that spotlight, rightfully so, towards Jesus. Right. Now the last one, Jesus. <laughs> yes. So here's what I'd argue Jesus is. I would argue Jesus is all. All of them. He's all numbers. Yes. He's all the numbers, Mm -hmm. which is what the Enneagram should be for us in the sense of we should be able, if we're a healthy person, to pull and borrow from all the numbers. That's right. Yeah. But Jesus lived perfectly in all of these numbers, Mm. all nine numbers he operated. And you see it over and over in the New Testament Mm. if you just want to have some fun with it. Right. So you, so everyone has a dominant number, but ultimately we do have, we're, we're a little bit of every We are a little bit of all of them. That's, that's really cool. The key there is what you just said, a dominant number. Right. It doesn't mean you can't find yourself in all the numbers and you should, if you are a healthy person. And that goes back to what you said earlier about it being dynamic, not static. Correct. And and it does. It really makes it different than the other personality tests. So for those of you listening that are do not like being boxed in or don't like being labeled, uh, this is a really beneficial tool and really helpful. And it, it does kind of free you to learn more about yourself. Absolutely. So thank you. Pastor Matt, for your time again, we I, I, we could keep talking about this forever. We could, and and it's a lot of fun to talk about and and all the different relationships and everything. So thank you for your time. We hope this has been helpful and beneficial for you. And uh, good luck and God bless to all of you who are listening uh, in your journey and learning more about who you are through the Enneagram. We will see you next time. Have a great week. Thanks.